I pressed the mute. Can you still hear me when I press that mute button? Well, press the mute button and then say it's, something. It's pressed. <laughs> it's no, I, pressed. Can, I can hear. I can hear everything. Ah, <laughs> uh, I've got no fucking mute button anymore. That's what I do. I just press the mute button and I, I burp or fart or make real weird noises or like. <laughs> Make derogatory slurs about people up under me, boy. Under me, boy. Are you fucking wanker? Hello and welcome to the TV Chef Pod Quiz, your weekly dose of movie and TV related <laughs> entertainment. I'm your, I'm your host Tebs. This is my co-host Com. Hello, everybody. Hello, hi, hello. Hi, everybody. How are hello. you? Hello, hello. I am fine. How is you? I'm all right. I'm, I've got a cat today. Um, You've got a cat every week. No, he's no. Your, I've got he's a cat. your cat. I know, but he's your she's cat. my he's, cat. Yeah. Stop misgendering my cat. I'm really sorry. They... Jesus, she texts it. No, don't you fucking don't you dare. There's one of them. There's one of them, and that's it. Do you know what somebody mentioned to me th- the other day at work? What? I'll just quickly say this and then we'll move on. You don't get a lot of trans men fighting to be in the male leagues, do you? <laughs> you don't get a lot no. of that, do you? It seems always seems to be the men who transition to women who want to suddenly win all the medals. I don't know why. Um well, anyway, so if you're still with us, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking this week about TV shows from probably the top of the last 10, 12 years. We haven't really talked TV shows. We do. We talk Mando and Wonder yeah. and Vision and the big marquee stuff, but I think there's a lot of other stuff in there that we can talk about. If but something, the movie if something TV new, Chef podcast yeah. doesn't sound right. <laughs> if something new comes on, then we talk about it. Anything Marvel, anything you know, Star Wars, anything DC, we tend to watch them and we tend to review it and say if it's good or not. Mm. Sorry, I'm just putting my feet up now. I've changed my whole room around, so I've got like this like podcasting den. Nice I've got a little corner of the room. Yeah, you've got you've got a a microphone with no mute button and hanging t-shirts and no mute button. God Almighty, I've got no mute button. If you listen to our pod quizzes, you can go back and listen to one. But Don't. There was a, a an occasion on this week's pod quiz where. Cormac did not crown himself in glory. It was disgusting, to be honest. It was, was disgusting. I'm why, like, I'm like, why do you think? Why do you think that I like this mute button? Everybody, everyone, every think. radio presenter must have this dead air button. Oh god, I'd never use it. I would never use it because I couldn't be sure that it would work or not. Like you've just yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, it's I'm worked like... every week. It's worked every week. And then what happened at the start of this app or the start? Sorry, behind the scenes, you know, we messed up on the mic. I messed up on the microphones. I couldn't get my microphone working. I had to put the, the USB into a new port, and now my mute button's not working. So I, again, I can't make any derogatory comments about people. You know, under my breath, I can't burp. I can't. You can't move. You know, nothing. Nothing at all. I don't know why you'd want to make derogatory comments about anybody in the conversation because that'd just be me. I can just see people out the window and stuff. <laughs> that cunt. <laughs> oh, fuck oh, this fucking dog. Fuck you, dog. No, no, like I say, I've got a cat. She's she like she's taken to like sleeping under my desk, and when I close the door, she feels like really isolated from me. So, and I open my door, and she just lays on. I've got like a, the world's smallest catskin rug in the middle of the room right now. <laughs> catskin rug. I, I genuinely thought you. <laughs> Um, have you seen Indiana Jones yet? Uh, I haven't, but again, 
still them two people that have told me one says it's, yeah it's all right and the other says it's absolute dog shit i haven't been yet i'm i'm i will i will go see i'm it. gonna i'm gonna it's been out 10 days and it has done th- just over 300 million that's better that, like the, they needed it to do a billion to break even oh a billion a billion but in what world did they who directed this mangold mangold yeah in what world did they think that, like, I think we spoke about this in the last episode, that anyone would still have a harken for an Indiana Jones character? I'm sorry, there's better, there's there's better action heroes out there now. What um, what do you make of this Sound of Freedom film that's come out? Jim Caviezel and Mel Gibson. <laughs> have you seen this? Right. Well, right. I'm going to put this. I'm going to put this proviso on anything that I'm going to say here. Right. So. I am of a certain age, same as yourself, Paul, and it's probably same as a lot of people who listen to this podcast. You know, back in the day, there were, there were very few conspiracy theories, but the the one the conspiracy theories that were always around, they were very believable. You know, you could you could sit there and most people believed in these conspiracy theories. They weren't really conspiracy theories, they were conspiracy facts. Mm. Now, I believe that child trafficking probably happens, you know all around the world and it does i get it it happens you know i'm not i'm not naive enough to believe that it doesn't happen the problem that i have is that once these real things that happen get a spotlight on them you get the 10 people who talk about it legitimately and the 10 people who will talk about you know uh, you know the realities of it and how it happens you always get 50 people that shout up things about Hillary Clinton steals the children and eats the blood and, and like fucking puts them up pizzas. And then I seen them raping someone with a stick and, and that's what happened. And even the truth, even the truth at the core of that gets diluted by maniacs. And I have just listened to an interview with Jim Caviezel. And oh, I've seen a few recently. Yeah. And, uh... and it is literally just that. And I'm like, yeah. whoa. Whoa, yeah. you know, CIA, FBI—they're yeah. all involved. And like to these feed people Clint, to feed Clinton blood of children. Yeah, and it's all—it's all this. You know, it—it's—it it strikes me oh, the the anti-Jewishness of of everybody's comments. You know, it strikes me as 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 it, it is subtle digs at you know. And it's funny that the only other movie that he did with Mel Gibson was also you know you know slightly subtly stabbing Jews. You know, that's just that's just the way they seem to work. You know, they're fucking they strike gold whenever they attack a faith. I think he's. I think I think you're absolutely right. They, they, they're on to something, but it just seems like Mel Gibson and Jim Caviezel are two people who've got a lot of money and a lot of power and a lot of voice, and they've. Just because you're a celebrity don't mean certain people won't buy into this bullshit. Mm-hmm. I guarantee there's one multimillionaire celebrity, whatever, who believes in flat earth because people will. Don't oh, yeah. just because you're a famous actor don't mean I bet there's footballers that believe in it. People will. I don't know half enough. I've read enough about this conspiracy. I don't know half of it, but my general understanding is there's a pizza shop in Washington where celebrities go to be taken downstairs and fuck a kid. And then mm-hmm. the they use the blood of children that makes it into some chemical formula that they take to de-age. And that's why yeah. kids are being trafficked did, around. Did you hear the Wayfair thing? No, what's this? So oh, God. Basically, basically, this is about three years ago. So Wayfair, the furniture selling place. Yeah, so, yeah I'm aware of the twats. Yeah, so they were, they were selling uh, certain items 
online like chairs and stuff but their chairs much like ikea have like certain names mandy you know timothy and all that mm-hmm. stuff so what people started to do in america was line them up with missing kids so then people put two and two together and came up with a thousand three four hundred and sixty three and said that wayfair was advertising child sex abuse on their website you know, by selling tables. So if you went on there and bought a table, you could also get like little Timothy, you know, in the mail. Yeah. Do you know what? Right. I've just literally, I buy a piece of furniture every five years or something like the shelves behind me. If I had some little fucking toddler turn up at the same time, I'd be fuming. I'd be be over my house. I'd be over the moon. Get that made. Get that made. Get that fucking maid. No extra bits. Get that fucking hang up. Give me 10 minutes. See, I'm going to Washington next year. Should I go to this pizza shop? I wouldn't because the likelihood, the likelihood of a mass shooting to like, it's like, it would be, yeah, but it would be like, you know, I don't know, putting your arm around fucking JFK. You know, you're just asking for trouble. Do you know what I mean? I just mean go to the pizza shop. What is it called? Planet. Fucking pizza or something like that there. Planet Hollywood. Maybe maybe if you go there, like Hillary Clinton's just sitting in a dumpster eating the fucking spines of children. You know, like Christopher Reeve at a fucking South Park when he was trying to get the fucking the, the stem just, cells. Just Clinton giving space and sucking the no One. <laughs> just just over just Kevin Spacey just sucking the marrow out the bone side of <laughs> skipper out back. What's that old story? What's that old story of uh Bill Murray walking into the diner and the girl noticing him was like, oh, that's Bill Murray. And he noticed her noticing him and he walks over and he picks up her burger and takes a big bite out of her burger and looks her dead in the face and said, no one will ever believe you. He does that a lot. He goes yeah. up like behind people and puts like, his hands over their eyes behind him. Didn't, I've, I've seen pictures of him turning up at some student house party in, when he was filming in London once. There were a bunch of students out and about and they said, do you want to come? Just some regular Terrorist yeah. out student party, and he come back and he sort of stayed at the kitchen, so he started doing washing up at two in the morning. It's like what a legend. <laughs> um, so Mel and Jim are onto anything then? Well, I, I have read a little bit about the guy who whose this is based on as well, and you know, obviously the the lamestream media, the fake news, are saying fake that news. are saying that he uh, he's talking absolute bullshit and a lot of the stuff, and he wasn't there half the time. Um, they'd have, they'd have, yeah, but, they'd say anything. See, there's another thing that's going around on Twitter and TikTok as well, though, that people are saying now they're watching this Sound of Freedom and during the performance in the cinema, the the screen would go off, the sound, there'd be a fire alarm go off and they'd have to evacuate. Um, There'd be a... Yeah. No, there's there's video of them in the screening. You know, you can see the screens flickering or the sounds going off and they're saying they're telling us because of the weather it's affecting the sound system, but the cinemas next door are still playing. And it's like there's now this conspiracy that goes down to managers of your local audience. Yeah. Literally turning the sound on and off going, we're going to kick them all out and take all I, the money. Why not I just have not been... show the film? Yeah, Why I have been... not... If you don't want people to see it, just don't put it in your cinema. Just go, no, we don't want it. I have, been to, this, I have been to the cinema a plethora of times. And I've been with you once mm. when Intolerable Cruelty, Intolerable when, Cruelty. when the, the film actually burnt and they gave us our money back. Mm. I was in the cinema when Wakanda Forever came out and there was a, a fuck up in the sound and picture quality and it destroyed like the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. They had to then reset the movie and put it back again. I was yep. in Shazam 2 
uh, uh, Fury of the Gods and the sound was out of sync. You know, so what are we trying to say here? Are we trying to say that all those movies, all those nobody wants, yeah, nobody wants to see Shazam? Uh, you know, I, like what? Where where do we draw the line between reality and fucking madness? Do you know what I mean? Where do we draw it, it, that line? It sounds like a damning indictment of Omniplex, to be honest. Well, but... yeah. <laughs> I go to the view and it's great. Yeah, <laughs> never had a problem. Yeah. Never had a problem. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's like if if you you talk right, Indiana Jones is on four thousand screens across America, showing five times a day. Right, so it's twenty thousand screenings a day just in America. So double that up for the rest of the world. You're telling me in fifty thousand screenings of this film every day, how many people would have had screen issues like that? Yeah. But the fact is, you don't think to record it because there's no conspiracy behind it. Or, Imagine if everybody recorded the Indiana Jones screen going off and all sound problems, anything like that you've just described. And then they go, it's a big conspiracy. They don't want us to see Indiana Jones. And it's like, it just fucking happens. And let's be brutally honest. A lot of these people like to tell a few lies. <laughs> I'm not saying they're all liars. But I'm saying right. that a lot of them lie. Well, we're 20 minutes in and we haven't even covered off what we're actually going to talk about. So far, we've offended the trans community and conspiracy theorists. <laughs> not, 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 not on purpose. No, the conspiracy theorists, 100% on purpose. Oh, no, the trans, I think the trans one was a little bit on purpose as well. To be honest. I'm sick of hearing it, right? I'm sick. I, oh, I'm sick of hearing it too. Just not, we're not sick of hearing your truth. What we're <laughs> sick about is people using it as a crutch to start arguments. and Cancelled. <laughs> Cancelled. He yes. didn't explain himself properly. He should have explained himself in four different languages so he could be accessible to all people. Um, speaking of being accessible to all people, it's Napoleon. like we write this shit. It's like we write this shit. <laughs> Imagine if we did write that. <laughs> that was the segue. Um, Ridley Scott's back. Yeah, and he's in he's in uh, historical epic mode. Um, he's tackling Napoleon this time. Do you see the poster for Napoleon or the the the, the thing of it? It said uh, something like he was born into nothing and he conquered it all. And it's mm -hmm. like mm, not quite at all, did it? Nelson <laughs> Nelson would have something to say about that. He conquered everything up to the channel. You know, let's get it right. <laughs> Nelson would have a word with that, so he would, <laughs> Mister Napoleon. <laughs> God save. Um, what I, what I will say, right? What I will say about the Napoleon trailer is, I'm actually quite excited about it, right? But it it seems like one of those movies that could easily, easily turn into farce, simply due to the accents. Yeah. No, I'll put it like this. No, I've watched the Wonka trailer and I've watched the Napoleon trailer, and I think. Both accents wise, the movies sound identical. It's like, it's like, yeah, because there was like a, the standard, the standard when it comes to an epic British hills, and then up walks Joaquin Phoenix. All right, dude, yeah, I'm Napoleon. Like, <laughs> really? Bonjour. Bonjour, oh. man. I'm Bonaparte. You're like, no, come on, See, lad. I think Lim is did it right. It's French, but they all just sang with English accents anyway. Because yeah, when one person, because then you did get like um, Ali G turning up halfway through Lim is, 
Sasha Baron Cohen, and he's putting the French accent on. Yeah. Oh, I'm your innkeeper. Like, do you think? And do like, you think sometimes that that spoils it though? Because what, like, like it, just, if, it, it sounded like the candlestick from Beauty and the Beast was dancing <laughs> around the screen. I'm not talking about how bad the accent is, but I'm talking about if you're in an environment like you're in fucking, you know, the revolutionary France, uh, bonjour, and then some guy walks in, go and is like, uh, oh, oh, I'm Louis the Fifteenth. Like, well. No, hold on. Like we're just established that everyone's putting on fake French accents, whether they're good or bad. Don't don't come in with some really weird foppish English accent now. Like, how old were you when you realised Kevin Costner was actually trying to do an English accent in Robin Hood? Well, I, I, when you realise, when yeah. you actually noticed it, because I grew up thinking it just was an American. It well, was an, I, it was doing the American, and you you watch it recent. I've watched it, and you listen to his voice, and it's like. It's but trying, the, but that's lame. But that's Liam Neeson as well. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson tried to do an American accent for years, but he just still sounds like Shambalamina. And like, like even when Taken, when Taken came out, right, and he just, he's just sounds like he's from Northern Ireland, and it's like. Like, no, you weren't in the American Special Forces. You're from Balamina. You've got a Balamina accent. What are you doing? Christian Bale's from <laughs> South Wales. So generally, he would have grown up going, oh, hello there. How you doing, mm-hmm. my love? You're... And then oh, when Tom he's Jones. doing... Oh, hello there, Shirley. <laughs> but when he's when he's pr- promoting a film in America, it's, oh, yeah, I'm Christian Bale, yeah. And then and then when he's, like, off camera, and he's like, oh, well, I just thought I'd go down here and do this. And he puts on the fucking Cockney thing, and I'm like, which but, one is uh, it? Yeah, but accents, it, it, accents fascinate me. Accent, because Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan's from fucking, you know, from Cavan, and... Oh yes, he sounds British and Sorry. like Sorry, can I just say you say that like anybody from who lives more than twenty-five miles away from Cavan knows where that place is. Well, Where's Cavan? Ca- Cavan? Where's Cavan? Cavan is, li- Cavan is <laughs> literally literally over we've, the border. <laughs> we've got a, we've got a listener in Indiana. Now imagine if he'd just gone, if he's like chatting to us, like, oh <laughs> yeah, no, I'll tell you a funny story. Cavan, I. <laughs> you, know, you know Piers Morgan, you know Piers Brosnan, sounds like he's from Cavan. Where? Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> tell I us where you, Cavan is. I bet you'd get it. I bet you, I bet you he could tell the difference between a Monaghan and a Cavan accent. <laughs> oh, that old Chester, a Monaghan and a Cavan. Oh. I was thinking about I was just trying to think about this today. I was trying to think about I was trying to explain to someone and it was like an American guy who was in work the other day and he was just like, Oh, your your accents are all different. I was like, Well, yeah, because Americans don't all sound the same either. And he goes, Yeah, but you know, we have different states. And I was like, Well, yeah, we have counties, like, you know, Mm. somebody from Derry isn't gonna sound like somebody from fucking you know, Kerry, someone from Cork isn't gonna sound like they're from Antrim. And he couldn't wrap his head around this at all. And I was like, but it's so easy. You, someone, you someone in it. Seattle, someone in Seattle is not going to not going to sound like someone from even from California. But you, yeah, but that you imagine the distance from Newcastle to Cornwall is about probably not as big as Florida, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And then you're saying Seattle in Washington down to California. It, it, it's the difference between sort of Germany and Belfast in <laughs> distance, maybe even further. But we have got fucking Geordie. Then you've just a bit further south. You can actually tell the difference between Geordie and Mackham. Yeah, and it changes. Two Dur- fucking cities that Dur- literally Durham, have one river yeah. between them. And then you've got Durham below that, who sound completely different. And then Yorkshire below that, who sounds completely different. You know, And everybody within Yorkshire all sounds completely different, yeah. depending on where you're from. And the same thing over here. 
I only came on to accents because somebody was bitching about Margot Robbie promoting Barbie in her Aussie accent. Why? Why? It's like, I don't know. Um, so anyway, Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 on the fe- I'm on the fence with this, right? Because Ridley Scott gave us Gladiator, which yeah. is incredible. He also gave us Kingdom of Heaven, which is shit. But he also <laughs> gave us the director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven, which is a bit better. <laughs> But he also gave us The Last Duel. Now, he can direct his... Uh, did he do Robin Hood as well? With That was York. That was the other accent, yeah. That, Irish, that was Yorkshire, Yorkshire Irish. yeah. Scottish, hey, Welsh. I'm Robin Hood, I'm coming <laughs> down here, y'all. <laughs> hey, Belfast. Anyway, I'm going to watch Napoleon. because I'm going to uh, watch it, 100%. I'm going to watch it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I'm just... I hope the accents are... I prefer him just to go with straight British. Mm-hmm. Just go with plain, plain British. I don't, we don't need. I watched Gandhi the other night. Doing what? Are we? Are we the, the oh, the film. Ki- yeah, what's Gandhi? Mm. Ben Kingsley it, from is, where was he from again? It's Ben Kingsley from Indian descent. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have oh, a look. Let's go. I've always wondered that actually. In his name, like Ben. I'm not even going to finish don't, that sentence. Just don't. Yeah, just leave it. Leave it until you read it on Wikipedia because that yeah, could... Let's read... <laughs> ben King... Ah, oh, there we go. Ben Kingsley was born Krishna Banji. Right, okay. In Scarborough, Yorkshire. But is that okay for him then to black up? His father was a Kenyan-born medical oh. doctor. Well, that's okay and it, because... Yeah. And his mum was an English actress. So he's half, he's half Kenyan of Indian descent. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, he's cleared it. Because there's a lot of it. there's a lot of Indian in in Africa. That's grand. That's fine. That's grand. That's good. Okay, we get it's it. Like this is a lot of Indian in Gandhi. It's like yes. Wonka. You mentioned that. We're we gonna watch Wonka. Not at all. No, what do you mean not at all? Uh, listen, I have a major problem with movies and it, when it comes to things as copyright that have run out. And let's be honest, is Wonka's copyright run out? No, no, it's not running. No, this um, is this is the Roald Dahl Foundation. You know, we have the Matilda, Matilda film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which, right. Which, oh, the, is this the 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 MCU <laughs> Roald Dahl I'm, universe? I think there's going to be a Roald Dahlverse. I, I I would not be amazed if there was some, you know, a, a lad called James walking down the street with a peach saying, "I wish this was bigger," or some nod to the camera, like, or the twits, the twits. I would love yeah, to just see the two twits. Ma- the twits would be quite cool. Witches, we've just had that again. But yeah, because this Roald Dahl Foundation set themselves up and or the Roald Dahl, whatever, basically they've got control of all the rights to all these books and stuff, so they're just going to milk them. I mean, they're going to just keep producing content. Um, but that's the, the problem. The problem that I have is that when copyright runs out in certain things, a la Peter Pan, when we get a different Peter Pan movie every three yeah. years, it's just so annoying. Like you can, and you can see it come a mile away. You can see it coming from a mile away of what they're trying to do. And like, I'm constantly seeing this Peter Pan movie be it now. Be it, there's nothing new that we can do here, folks. Like, there's nothing yep, Winnie new. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, and it and it like so with Sherlock Holmes as well. That it's yeah everything I, yeah. everything up to the the falls, the the presumed death of Sherlock. Everything in that is open, but after that, it was all owned by his uh, yeah family. I or so, but I think I think the BBC have some certain rights and copyright over Sherlock oh, Holmes in fuck, some way. Fuck them assholes! Oh, we haven't even <laughs> we haven't even touched on <laughs> that this week. BBC. 
Oh, Let's my. talk about the BBC. Fuck movies. Go on. So tune off elsewhere. <laughs> right, everyone. I'm gonna I'm gonna fill you in. I'm not just gonna name drop Cavan like Cormac would do. And let's just, well, on, let, on. let's just put it like this first. Before you even start, I'm gonna say that I left Twitter. I left Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I've been feeding Cormac this information all week, like key yeah. headlines. You know, because you are. I, God knows how you kept up with this. Basically, last weekend, so BBC, we're not talking about Big Black Cox. What we're talking about is the British Broadcasting Corporation. Are we not? <laughs> Turning this <laughs> shit off. <laughs> so the Big Black Cox were, um, are a, they're not state-funded either. We, we pay, over in the UK, you might I fund them. I fund it. Yeah, over in the UK, everyone... Americans kind of should know this, but they don't. And every time I speak to an American or a Canadian, they, they don't understand. But in this country, you have to pay a TV license. Yeah. That means if you want a television in your house or any way of accessing live television, you need to pay £125 a year to mm-hmm. the government as a license to watch a television. True I'm gonna, story. I'm going to shock. Being... I'm going to shock everybody. I think it's a good thing. I'm just going to lay that at the door. Yeah, whatever. Right, you can keep that one for next week. So basically, uh, the BBC is supposed to be the bastion of impartiality and good good manners and good grace and do everything properly and above the board because they are funded by the people, for the people. And and impartial. And impartial, impartial, balanced, etc. So uh, very recently, we found out for a number of years, they were... um, apparently very well aware of Jimmy Savile and everything mm-hmm. he did. Britain's Bill Cosby. Um, worse? Worse uh, than Bill, yeah. Ten times worse. And that, uh, that's saying some shit. I'm talking about the 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 father, you know, this oh, father yeah, okay, figure, sorry, okay. cuddly, lovable uh, guy. Non, non-rapey liked. person. Yeah, so he actually liked f- touching kids and all this. And, and this was Jimmy Savile, absolute. Anyway, so BBC were covering that up. Uh, Stuart Hall was a presenter of theirs. It's been found out. There's an awful lot gone on and they're supposed to have cleaned themselves up. Cut forward to last weekend. It was announced that one of their top earners had been approaching a person, a young person on social media and basically saying, paying them to send nudes. At 35 grand? 35 grand over about four years or so three years. So this person was 17 when they were first approached. Now I were talking to somebody, and in fact, it was you. You better you know believe you better believe that they would have got my dick pics for 35 grand. Fucking right. I'll send a picture of everything. <laughs> whatever. It'd be want. very it'd be very disappointed though, but still <laughs> 35 grand. Now it turned out it was Hugh Edwards. Hugh Edwards is the leading BBC news anchor. Reader. Yeah, he is the He's anchor the man. Anchor. He, Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of comparisons over there. So he's, he's, yeah. Hugh Edwards, is that regarded by the BBC? He was the one chosen to announce to the nation that the Queen had died. Mm -hmm. Huge, huge thing. He was somebody messaged me the other day and they said, because Hugh Edwards has been approaching kids, I can't believe that the footage of him announcing the Queen's death has been Chris Benoit. (laughs) (laughs) WWE have refused to show the footage of WrestleMania 20 because of Chris Benoit, and now the Queen's death is going to be in that same category. (laughs) So anyway, 35 grand, Hugh Edwards. Now, first of all, yes, it's illegal. You can't approach an under-18 person and say, give me a picture of your fanny, and I'll pay you. You're not allowed to do it. Or can't. Or cock or bumhole or whatever he's doing. Um, and then it turns out that it was the parents who were saying he's been paying them the money for the crack cocaine <laughs> and the person has been buying crack. And then that person came out and went through their high-priced lawyer, said, 
He never did anything wrong. He never paid me. <laughs> to which the parents said, how the fuck can you afford a lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so then his wife came out and went, it is Hugh Edwards, because everyone was talking all week. Basically, everybody knew who it was, and nobody wanted to say it, but everybody knew. And then they've come out on and said, so as soon as it got... Not- it came out and said, it's Hugh. Um, he's having mental health issues at the minute and he's checked himself in. Suddenly, oh, let's all back off Hugh Edwards. This is awful. It's like not at one point in the lead up to it, do you, does anybody go, maybe we should back off because the guy might be having serious fucking issues. Yeah, I think I think the main issue of it was, though, it was leaked onto a newspaper first. The newspaper leaked it that there was a certain BBC presenter who has allegedly done all this, blah, 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 blah. And of course social media is going to explode with this kind of stuff. This is the same newspaper which is owned by Rupert Murdoch. It's the scum. The scum. It is an absolute piece of trash uh, owned by Rupert Murdoch. And it just so happened to coincide with the weekend when George Osborne, former Chancellor of the Exchequer of the UK, was getting married and there was leaks about his involvement in all sorts of dodgy dealings and allegations from women and all this came out that weekend. They just so happened to release this story at the same time. The Sun is an absolute rag of a fucking newspaper. Yeah, and no, and no. Literally, they had this story and they just went, fuck it, we're going to fuck this guy's life up this week because we need to. And the person who released it and the person who came up with the story, whose name is Dan Wooten, who is on that right wing GB News bullshit as well. Grade A prick. Yeah. 100% (laughs) fucking arsehole. He has now allegedly uh, under investigation for rape and he has went into hiding and he has been suspended by GB News and The Sun because of over these alleged allegations. Good. Yeah. I hope he falls off a cliff. But yeah, but so what happened then was this all went on, social media went into a storm and the police then came out once Hugh Edwards' name came out and said, well, we've already investigated it. There has been no criminal activity, uh, so we won't be looking into it. And everybody was like, well, right. But everyone led us to believe that he had done something criminally wrong and that he would be brought to justice. Police were like, no, he's not Mm -hmm. done anything wrong. We've investigated it thoroughly. There's nothing wrong. So basically what's happened now is we have publicly executed uh, a, a presenter uh, yep. and his life and his, destroyed. His, his, destroyed. his family life. He have destroyed his career. We have destroyed everything about him uh, that he has now been forced into a mental health facility. Um, so, yeah, so well done, everybody. I mean, well, well done. A big, a big hats off to everybody. It's fantastic. I am included in that, and I do feel a sense of shame. But playing devil's advocate, great film check it out (laughs) (laughs) movie chef (laughs) do you notice that the mental health card gets played an awful lot well i'll be honest with you i think that was the only way for him to get out of this absolutely because absolutely because like literally literally if 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 he hadn't have pulled that card then this the the 24-hour news cycle would have just continued yeah yeah and I'm sure, I'm sure it's more of his, his, sorry to interrupt you, I'm sure it's more of like his lawyers than anything else that have pushed this. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but you notice uh, Philip Schofield's now fucking sat there, they're going, thank fuck for that, cheers you. <laughs> fucking saved me on that one. Immoral, you? not illegal. <laughs> it was unwise, but not illegal. Um, so that's why I want to go see Wonka. Yeah, Jesus Christ, we keep getting down these <laughs> When I saw the Wonka trailer, 
I'm not bothered about seeing it at the pictures. Not at all. The only reason the only reason I am is because I know I I believe my nephew will have a great time watching that film. If he enjoyed yeah, Matilda, okay. he'll love that. And I'm excited about taking him to see it. Okay, well that's different. Yeah, that's different. And and that's why I'm and you know what I'm watching it and I'm not just thinking, oh, this is some bullshit fuck if it, if it's like it's something new and I, I I'm Timoth Timothy Chalamet's growing on me. It really Timot- is. It's growing Timote Chalamet. I'm still surprised he's American. Is he? Uh, exactly. It's the accent. It's the accent. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's crack on because we've got loads to talk about and no time to do it in. Um, what we're talking about first. Quick spoiler. Little spoiler. It's all spoiler-ish. over the internet. Deadpool 3. <clears throat> quick chat about that. It's spoilerish. There's pictures everywhere. We already know Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine. We're seeing, we're going to see him in the iconic yellow suit. Um, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. There is uh, scenes of a fight in front of the 20th Century Fox logo, mm-hmm. uh, and that all that's been destroyed, which that kind of looks interesting. It's typical Deadpool 3. There is suggestions that this is how they're going to bring the X-Men into the MCU. Uh, Deadpool goes through the multiverse, collects them as such, and they end up stuck in the MCU. I thought they'd go with something a bit cleverer than that, but we are where we are. Um, so this is a thing here. So X-Men... Uh, Deadpool 3 has actually stopped filming now. They got around it by having the script locked in. The script was locked in before the writer's strike went happened, so they can't make any amendments to this script, which mm-hmm. includes Ryan Reynolds ad-libbing. Ad-libbing, yeah. So Ryan Reynolds can't ad-lib and, um, what do they call it? What's the word? Anyway, be spontaneous and improv. Yeah. improv. Improvisation. He can't do anything like that because you've got to follow the script and that's that. But then this week, the Actors Union in America, uh, well, across the world, well, probably America, have decided that the their actors are going to go on strike. Uh, the actors um, of Oppenheimer made a very, very um, noble gesture of leaving a red car- carpet premiere halfway mm-hmm. through. <sighs> well done. Um, what, but the, the, what difference has it made? They already they already signed their autographs. <laughs> they signed the autographs. Oh, you mean I don't have to sit through the film the fourth time this week? All right. Um, now the the main issue seems to be around residuals for actors, and AI is proven to be a major issue because what's happening is so with with writers, um, you're in a situation where it used to be a TV show would get picked up for a series for a series a season, literally a season, twenty two episodes. A writer would be working all year and would be paid so many dollars a day or so many dollars a month or on a salary. Now, with the the uh, era of streaming, you're in a situation where they're now only doing six episodes, probably filmed over the month or so. So it's immediately limiting how much that actor works. And then you're also incorporating AI into it, where they're having to bring in uh, computers to write scripts for people, basically. It's putting people out of work. Now what they want to say to actors is, uh, like Bruce Willis did for, um, what was it, the commercial in Russia? Where he scanned his face. Yeah, yeah. Studios in in Hollywood now are wanting to scan background extras, basically extras' faces, keep them on file. They pay them a flat £60 for that day's work they did. And then they can put their face into backgrounds, into shots, into scenes, whenever they want, however they want, no money coming back for that person. And, and it, I think it's absolutely ridiculous now. Yeah, you, you not, come right. into, not at all. And you cannot say we're going to make films. It, it, I, I personally believe it should get to a point where 
if a film's going to come out and it has been that fucked around by AI that much that there are people in there who did not act in that scene and it's made by a computer, the script's written by a computer. I want a little star next to it saying this is a fucking AI film. Yeah. I want like a film made an by asterisk, people. An asterisk. Yeah. Next to it. yeah, I agree with it. I mean, the one the one thing um, that I keep looking into this and it keep gets, I keep annoying me actually. <clears throat> It's whenever um, newspapers and magazines like uh, Matt Damon was very vocal uh, on the Oppenheimer uh, red carpet about, you know, stuff like this. And he basically pointed out that, you know, listen, I'm one of the lucky ones. I can I, I, I'm in the position that I'm in where I can make, you know, four to 20 million dollars each movie. But it's not about me. It's about everybody that's below me. The actors who, you know, when I was, you know, busting my chops, you know, getting into movies, trying to get onto extras, trying to get like parts in movies. It's the lower down actors. And what annoys me is when the media come out and then go, like there was a specific headline and I believe it was in the BBC website. It says like uh, uh, Matt Damon uh, stands for SAG, Baba, and then a little hyphen after being paid four million for Oppenheimer. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's not the point. Because he's got to a point where he's worked his ass off and he's got to where he is through his talent and his acting. And that's the whole point of it. It doesn't matter if you're earning four million. It doesn't matter if you're earning 10 million. It doesn't matter if you're earning 20 million. These studios make millions more on your work than you will ever make in your life for your own work. So where is the fairness in someone making a movie, then five years down the line, the studio going, well, do you know what? We don't actually need him anymore, but we'll just AI generate his his face and we'll not pay him and we'll take all the money. Like, where is the fairness in that? Mm. Like that yeah. doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. And and again, it's not about it's not about the Matt Damons and the fucking George Clooney's and the fucking Scarlett Johansons. They're they're all right, they're sorted, but they've got themselves to that point. So don't look down your nose at them just because they're standing up for people that are on the lower run of the ladder. Did you see what happened with Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother? I heard something about Netflix. <laughs> so he got he got interviewed by um, Hollywood Reporter when he was on the picket line, and he said, "I'm just fighting for people nowadays, but I'm also for fighting for people like me 25 years ago who were in a big show, Gilmore Girls, and are not getting paid properly because of it." And everyone's like, "Yeah, fuck you, Netflix. They're the ones with the show." Turns out it should be Warner Brothers that are, pay, that are paying Sean Gunn properly. This is Warner Brothers that currently employ James Gunn to run the <laughs> DC department. <laughs> one of which is Sean Gunn, who is going to be one of the stars of the new film. So he has quickly come out to clarify that it didn't actually mean Warner and it was nothing to do with them. Please, God, don't fire me. Don't fire me or my brother. So, yeah, people are getting themselves in hot water because of it. But that this is this is the real fucking shitty situation that we're in. Like we're in this shitty situation where people then have to justify they're making they're making a valid point. And of course, the internet then breaks apart every single syllable of whatever anyone says and then points it out. You know, I like blue. What about red? What about purple? You fucking anti-green Nazi. You know, no, I, I just like blue. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I want this sorted for everybody. I don't care what, you know, what where you work for, where you are. This should be sorted and people should get paid what they're fucking worth. It's funny you mentioned James Gunn because this week is had a slew of... <laughs> <laughs> like it's written, folks. He's had a slew of casting announcements for Superman Legacy. Um, so we've already had it announced uh, that Superman is going to be played by David Corrin Sweat. 
I'm not sure if that's pronounced, but it's going to be Corn Sweat from now on. Corn Sweat, yeah, got it. Corn, corn Sweat. Corn Sweat. David Corn Sweat. Uh, and, and Rachel Brosnahan is playing Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Familiar with either of those work? Yes, they are t- tippity top people. Know Tell them me well. More. Well, she was in that movie where she played that girl who uh, did the thing with the. Um, uh, the thing was it a skateboard? Was it a bike? Was it a car? Was it a, a, a house? Was it was it a tree? Was it uh, a, a doll? Was it a yeah? You think when she voiced uh, Wendy in Spies in Disguise? That's she's it. done many other things. She's been in uh, Patriots Day. She's been in House That's of it. Cards. Yeah, uh, thinking that as well. Yeah, marvelous mm-hmm. Mrs. Maisel. So That's she's it. been yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Been a yeah, lot. of course. Of course. Um, and of course, we've got David Corrin Sweat as well. Yeah, uh, corn, corn sweat. Yeah, who, um, is David Corn looks... Sweat. Oh, who are Superman? Um, it might, I might have said it before, but it does look like somebody's ordered Henry Henry Cavill on Wish. Um, <laughs> again, he was in an episode of House and Card. He's an up and comer. He's an up and comer. And I think, I think when we were discussing who we should, who we thought should take over, I'm fine with a young up and comer playing Superman. Yeah, I'm totally fine. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm being derisory, but again, like we don't know them. We will know them, and they will become probably the biggest stars on the planet. Um, we have also got. I think he's going to be actually. If he can do for do for him what he did for Chris James Gunn did for Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be all right there. Um, Anthony Carrigan from um, Barry, which Barry, we're going to yeah. be talking about soon. Of course, um, he's Lex been... Luthor. Of course, he's Lex Luthor. Um, no, he's he's playing Lex uh, Luthor, Metamorpho, an archaeologist turns hero called Rex Mason. Um, this no, is Lex Luthor, he's bald. James, no, is this stop being <laughs> something so air filled? And of course, this is a James Gunn film, so Nathan Fillion is playing Guy Gardner, who mm-hmm. at one point is one of the lanterns. Um, and we've got Isabella Merced, uh, who played Dora the Explorer. And who's Sean Gunn? Who's Sean Gunn in this movie? Sean Gunn will be, they'll get, they'll get fucking. Squirrel Lex Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> he's still got to announce who Lex Luthor is, but he's, uh, this is going to be very much a Superman who is established in the world. I um, hope so. I, I, I think Barry Allen's going to, Ezra Miller's Flash is going to play a cameo at some point just to show that the new world that he's come back into is the Superman legacy world now. This is DC now. Okay. Um, I, I can see that happening. But anyway, we'll see. But he's, uh, you know what? I watched. Um, the bits with Adam Warlock from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 again. And mm-hmm. you know what? I really believe James Gunn was just practicing for Superman with Adam Warlock. I think this is because we <laughs> okay. didn't see much of him. 15 minutes screen time, if that. A lot of flying around and stuff. I really believe it. I think he's thought of a lot more cool shit that Adam Warlock could do. But I think he's saved it. I think we're going to see, like... You know, in I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League the other day again. Okay. And you know what? Don't. Be- better than I remember. Don't. Better than I remember. Don't, you sycophantic fuck. It's a piece better. of shit. It's a piece of shit. And do you know what? I've recently rewatched it as well. It's still a piece of shit. I'm I'm better than I remember. <laughs> I can't wait for more Norwegian fucking singing. What I really liked about it was the runtime, but I'm genuinely it, better than I remember. Um, but I think he was, uh, I think he was just trying out some stuff with Adam Warlock. And I, th- I, I think if he, if he didn't have the Superman gig, I think we'd have seen a lot more from Warlock. But right, okay. anyway, that's that's just me. Um, 
so that's coming. Uh, what else was I going to tell, tell you about? Oh, Disney have taken, well, loads of streamers are taking stuff off, but Disney in particular uh, very recently have taken a load of stuff off their site, which basically people aren't watching. In particular, <laughs> uh, but in particular, new items. So the uh, Cheaper by the Dozen remake, uh, TV series, uh, Willow, um, I 76 love, things. I would love to know. I would love to get a picture of the viewing numbers of shows. Wouldn't that be interesting? Oh, yeah, Wouldn't yeah. that be yeah. interesting? Well, it was enough to make a remake of Willow, um, Kenneth Branagh's adaption, uh, Artemis Fowl. That's been on there a couple of years now. TV shows, uh, World According to Jeff Goldblum. And there's an, uh, there's about 70-odd uh, f- films and TV shows that Disney have basically written off as tax losses. And they but what figured... do they what do they do at this point though? Do they then do they then give it to like networks so networks can put it on their own TV? Maybe buy up the yeah, shows some, and stuff. Some stuff's been sold to Hulu. Some stuff's been sold to Netflix or whatever. But you're not going to make a. You could make a a film or a TV series and then sell it to Netflix or whatever. But why would you go to the hassle? Why would Netflix buy it when they could just make some of it themselves? And well, I suppose if it's maybe like an established, an established character, you know, you think, you think. I know I'm just using it as a as a foil, but you're that Artemis file. I know it was a a, a dismal fucking you know failure for for Disney, um, but I'm sure somebody could. They, they're popular books. Somebody could make you know a good TV show, you know, kids TV show of Artemis file. But even still, they've they've got on the Disney have got it on the platform, and they've got to a point where they've gone. We would make more money by saving paying the tax than we would leaving it on the platform and encouraging people to sign up. Yeah. They've probably, they probably do a sweep and say how many people have signed up because of the Artemis Fowl movie and not a single fucking person have ever watched it. And it, 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 they just think if it's sat there, I think it's a big um, justification for physical media still. Yeah. Get out there, get out there and buy your, your Blu-rays and your DVDs, even if it's a TV show or a film. I've got films sat here that are still in the wrappers, but I know I want it there on a Blu-ray to watch whenever I want to fucking watch that film. Yeah. I don't want to subscribe to Netflix and then them decide they don't want to pay for it this month and it drops off. It's yeah. Buy physical people. <laughs> what well, I'm buggered if they ever take it's always sunny for in Philadelphia off uh, Netflix. I'm buggered. Oh, I thought that would be there. Um but yeah, um even Paramount, the Grease remake, Rise of the Pink Ladies. Um, <laughs> HBO Max have got rid of Westworld, which has gone onto another platform, uh, but they've, uh, they've written that off. Um, Netflix do it all the time. It, like I say, it's for tax tax reasons. I'm not going to all the numbers because it just fucking boggles my mind. But it, we're talking millions and millions of dollars that they can mess around with. And and at the end of the day, you got to think: Why am I paying for this? Why am I paying for this service when the stuff you're creating? There was another guy this week. Is it Bob Iger from Disney? Um, has actually made a point of saying that the content that they've been making for Star Wars and Marvel in particular uh, and Pixar. It's, it's just been not been good enough. It said this week that <laughs> has he been listening to the podcast in the last three years? It, it probably has. It probably has. Um, but he's come back. He says it's a reflect. It's a. It's reflective, not as a problem from personal perspective. But I think our zeal to basically grow our content significantly to serve mostly our streaming offer offerings, we ended up taxing our people way beyond in terms of their time and their focus, way beyond where they had been. Marvel's a great example of that. They've not been in TV business for a significant level. But so basically, Bob Iger has said for Disney, we've entered the streaming platform where we have to constantly create new content, better yeah. content, bigger content. We're pushing our people. 
Spread ourselves Over. too thin. Yeah, spread ourselves too thin. Spread ourselves way too thin. The content we're making isn't that great. It's not groundbreaking. One division to an extent was new, fresh, um, but nothing in the way of a Game of Thrones or whatever, you know, to really sort of change change the world. But then when you start talking about, um, you look at She-Hulk, even mm. Moon Knight, it was enjoyed by the people who watch it, but I don't know. the main like, can, issue can is... You, can you even say that people enjoyed it? Because like me and you, it's the heroine. We have to watch it because we have to see if there's anything that links it. You know, it was only it was only a year and a half ago that we realized that nothing was linked. You know, and I think I think yeah. I had said I had said that at the start, you know, nothing is going to be linked. They're going to throw shit at a wall and see if it sticks. And that's that's all it is. I am watched Secret Invasion yet, but from what I've learned, I'm not going to understand what's going on in the Marvels if I don't watch Secret Invasion. Not so really. it looks like I'm no, so it it's looks not, like I'm not, not watching the Marvels. It, it's genuinely, it's genuinely not that taxing. It's all, it's very understandable. I've watched every episode so far. Um. So where do you see? I I, I can see them slowing down on the content. Absolutely, I'd, I'd much prefer them to get to a point where we get a Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Give us a twenty episode run, like we're going to get with Daredevil, mm-hmm. and Secret Invasion costs around. I think it's a 35 million an episode. It's 250 million all in. I think it said, yeah. So, so it's 250 million dollars making six episodes of TV, six hours, the hour long. Yeah, about that, yeah. I'd be much happier with a 12 episode run that I don't want cinema quality effects and groundbreaking CGI, but give me a decent story to keep me hooked week, week after week. And but that's, but the, the, the frightening thing is, though, they have made shows like this. They have made Andor. Andor is a perfect example of TV uh, breaking away from a movie franchise and actually working. You know, Andor fucking works. Mandalorian fucking works. And it is exactly what, what you've just repeated, what Bob Iger says. The problem happens when they get too fucking greedy and right, Mandalorian success, right? What's next? Boba Fett, let's do Boba Fett, right? And, and it's just and it's just that constant, we need to keep going, we need to keep going, we need to keep going. When no one is there going, no, stop. Yeah. Stop. Well, TV show TV shows, we, we, we're gonna come on to them. So let's start with Disney then. So the Star Wars universe, the Mandalorian does side quests really great. We've said yeah. that before. Andor was bordering on that at one point as well when I remember watching a lot of Andor. Yeah, a wee bit, yeah. It was more gripping, more engrossing. Yeah. But I, I still think that their main issue is, I mean, I don't know how Catherine, Kathleen Kennedy is going to hang on much longer. No. Um, no. After Indiana Jones, uh, after Star Wars, I, I don't know if Disney's had this many flops in a in the space of a year, but it's incredible that the, the amount of money they're pouring yeah, into things. It's amazing. It's amazing when you think that John Carter was out, what, 10 to 15 years ago, and it was seen as a massive flop. And, I'll and be, it actually made money. And I'll be honest with you, I would rather watch John Carter than a lot of the stuff that Disney had produced in yeah. the last five years. But the TV shows, you know what, Mandalorian season one, lot of season two, groundbreaking TV. 100%. But do you, th- do you not think as well, do you not think as well that Great TV shows when they have maybe not like a subplot, but a subtext. Like Mandalorian is a Western. Yeah. yeah. Mandalorian is a Western. 
when Mandalorian sticks to the Western format of like maybe an old fucking, you know, 50s, 60s American Western show, a good cowboy go- comes into town, gets a little bit of his backstory, his story of what mm. he's doing, and then someone, you know, little Ricky fell down the well. Wow, fuck. Well, this the good guy can go save little Ricky. You know, same with Andor. Andor had the kind of them revolutionary, and I think I said this to you. Like it was, it was very much. I I felt like it was like Derry Belfast in the seventies. Andor, and then the director came out and said that one of his inspirations was when the women in Belfast used to come out and and bang the bin lids on the ground, telling everybody in the area that the army were there. And I was like, I fucking said that. I said it. That's what, it. Just felt like it. It just felt like that. And I think the best TV shows come when they actually have like a subtext that is based in reality, but also the story is absolute fiction. Yeah. I mean, quite the opposite of that. You look at TV shows like Chernobyl, which mm-hmm. are absolutely ground in reality. And if, if anything, people look for the realism in them as opposed to Andor, which it's got, you know what? You could switch Andor and maybe Homeland or something like that. Yeah, it's about sort of the underground rebellion. It's about lots, you know. There's awful lot of sneaking around. There's awful lot of sort of whispers and quiet and things like that. Andor does that really well. Out of all the Star Wars prequels or all the Star Wars TV shows, after Mandalorian, Andor was probably my favorite. Yeah, uh, Book of Boba Fett was a massive misstep. Kenobi was enjoyable, but see through in terms of. It was more spectacle than yeah. necessary for a story. It was, it was doing it for it, doing its sake. Yeah, it was it was getting you McGregor back as Obi Wan and getting Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader. That's that's yeah. all it was. That was all it was, and that was just to 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 pop the crowd at some point. But in terms of other TV shows, then for the last sort of ten years, then we're going back. What what for you has been groundbreaking in terms of what it's what it's done for its own category? Like Star Wars has done that. What what else would well, you say is I'm kind of I'm kind of glad you said Chernobyl uh, because I I genuinely genuinely uh, would say that Chernobyl is I know it's like a uh, like a mini series rather than a TV show but yeah. I would say I would say Chernobyl is probably in my top three of uh, TV shows in the last ten years. I 100%. thought I thought that it was so well acted. I am massively interested in you know uh, that Soviet era um, block of uh, you know quiet and you know keeping everything silent and, and trying i just thought everything in it was was absolutely phenomenal and i've re-watched it three or four times now yeah. um you know the the realism of you know the people involved how it split the characters between the firefighters at the start you know the the, the wives of the firefighters the, the 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 people who had to go into the water you know how how little these people played um or what was his name? Billionette. Like, oh, what was his name? The guy who was the the head of the um, uh, the power grid in Chernobyl. The guy who just kept forcing people forward. Uh, Dyatlov. Yeah, Dyatlov, the guy who yeah. the father from uh, Friday Night Dinners. I can't yeah, remember yeah. if he died last year. Paul, got, Paul Ritter. Yeah. Paul Ritter, yeah. Um, I, I just everything, everything about Chernobyl was just so real. It was so well produced. It was it was a, an absolute marvel of, of TV making. It's TV at its best. Yeah. Like TV at Absolutely. its absolute best. You're talking five episodes to tell that story. And it is Soviet era. So you're already talking dry, dry. Yeah. 
drained of emotion, drained of colour, drain of stylistic. You've got nothing to play with in terms of costumes and set design. You have got, you know, it's basic as fuck. And then you're dealing with one of the worst nuclear disasters of all time. Um, maybe by um, Fukuyama. Is it Fukuyama? Fukushima, yeah. Yeah, yeah Fukushima. 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 Um, Chernobyl did it great because, like you say, it, it tells a story. You, you, you've got your running theme of, your, you know, you've got uh, Legasov and Cherbina, mm-hmm. um, Skarsgård and Jared, Jared Harris running through the whole thing. They're the thread through the whole TV show. But every week you've got a different situation, a different problem, a different uh, hurdle to overcome. And it talks about the lives of those people. And it's Barry Keonan was in this. He yeah. played the young boy. I, I totally uh, forgot he was in this. Yeah, that and, was another. That was another fucking like that was harrowing part of the squad yeah. that would go around killing dogs. And you know what? They'll and what they did was, it, by the time you get to the episode, and again we're talking five episodes long, and just before I think it was episode four he was in, and just at the end of episode three you see him going up to sign up for active duty or for volunteering duty, and you just see him once, and that's it. You do, nothing again. And then the following episode, it starts with him, and it already feels like the warm and familiar, and and you see him through. And it's also got this great gift of telling such a story just in one brief scene. And we saw it as well with Last of Us, same makers, same producers. Mm-hmm. And the scene in The Last of Us where it was first after the outbreak, and we see a young girl turn up at the outpost, and she gets tested. Um and then the camera cuts away to bodies being loaded and you see her body. And and you don't need to see her being killed. You don't yeah. need to see an explanation. You just know already from your history of watching these kind of programs that she's infected, they will kill her. And then to actually see them have carried it out, you know what kind of world you're living in. But they it's, told that story. It's a girl, all... Yeah, it's a girl in the red dress and Schindler's List. Yes, thank you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's doing that, and and Chernobyl and, and Last of Us. Last of Us, if you look at Last of Us compared to Chernobyl, very, very similar. It's mm-hmm. another stage of the journey. It's another stage of the road trip. they come across this week. It's a young man pinned down in a grocery store in a firefight, and he's part of the rebels in town, and the rebels want to kill him. Or the next time, it's two blokes that are living in a house confined away, and you learn about their story. And you think when you see these characters in the trailers or in the posters that they're going to be in it throughout and it's not. We're just going into their life. We learn all about them. Like they feel like they're their main character of the show and then they just drop them and move on. And I think that's incredible TV making. I is love it, that. Is it bleakness that gets us? Because, you know, you look at, you look at even, you know, one of, one of the best TV shows ever made, you know, Breaking Bad, you know, mm-hmm. Breaking Bad obviously starts chemistry teacher, you know, guy is, he finds out he's dying of cancer, figures out how to cook the best meth and then decides to, uh, you know, sell it and steal from his school. And then we get this whole, you know, Heisenberg that, that comes out of that. You know, okay. is, it the, I, is it the bleakness? Can I put it to you, right? You're a middle-aged guy. I know Walter was about middle-aged, 10 years old. Young. 10 years, but he was about 10 years older than you. Okay. But, you imagine you're in a position where you're going to start making drugs. Mm-hmm. You're going to sell them. You're going to become a bit of a bad guy. Yeah, bad boy, like a bad boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this not the... You know, women watch Desperate Housewives and 
the cougar town and they have these <laughs> dreams of shagging the millionaire and running off with the the rich guy and so you know what i mean yeah do blokes have these escapism fantasies of becoming a drug dealing crime lord is that what breaking bad did so well because it spoke to its audience because deep down you've got this primal sort of urge to think you know what break breaking the rules and breaking laws is bad but secretly oh, i'd love to say i'm the one who knocks and chop see, someone's head off i, see, I just want to be that bad guy i don't think i don't think it's that what i do believe that it is though is that a lot of us live a humdrum life and a lot of us do the same things we go to work we come home we play with our kids we eat our dinner we go to bed we wake up we go to work we play with like come home do our, you know and we just live this humdrum life and any bit of uh fantasism that breaks us away from that you know, we all deal with shit in our lives. We all deal with, you know, cancers or, or family members departing or, you know, different bits and pieces. Who who among us doesn't sometimes want to step outside our own body and do something completely different and live a different life? And I think that's why characters like uh, Walter White kind of reciprocated with people's consciousness. Because, you know, Gilligan made a great show, but Cranston and, and Aaron Paul were just two normal people and who were in a difficult situation and they turned it around to become who they were. So succession sticking with that sort of as basically it's family drama. It only just finished this year. It's five series, five seasons, Emmy nominated HBO series with Brian Cox. I watched the first two episodes of succession and it said to me the same thing as watching Coronation Street or EastEnders. We're watching a bunch of family members argue between themselves. Yeah. The fact that they're rich and they're arguing over 25 billion instead of the last piece of toast, I don't give a fuck. It, it's the, I, I want escapism when I watch my TV shows. Mm-hmm. And you compare that to something like Vikings that I've watched recently and absolutely adored and didn't think I would. I thought it'd just be very... I, very heavy I, going yeah. historical epic you know but you know what vikings for me is one of the i enjoyed vikings more than game of thrones well you see if you want i to compare them. i enjoyed i enjoyed vikings but i think that they're I, i'm glad you said game of thrones and vikings together because i think that both of them suffer from the exact same fatigue when it comes to a tv show like that the first uh, three seasons of vikings for me was phenomenal you know, I loved the first season when they're at the camp where Spoil, uh, spoiler alert for the oh, TV yeah, yeah. shows we're gonna be talking about, but there there is something that was is probably gonna come out in a minute. Um do we have spoiler alert on something that happened fourteen hundred years ago? I don't know, but nah, anyway, whatever. spoiler alert if you plan on watching these shows, but there is something we're gonna mention in a second that is a big spoiler. Yeah. Um with the whole camp thing, even with Gabriel Byrne's character, you know, even the first, I loved, I loved that. But then whenever they started breaking away from Norway and from the fjords and started going out and it got to King Albert and, you know, the different kind of uh, diocese around uh, England and Lindisfarne, the attack on Lindisfarne. Once they then went to France when they found something else and then Ragnar became more religious, you know, it kind of jumped the shark whenever that other thing happens, when, spoiler, Ragnar dies. See, Ragnar dying, I thought, should be the end of the show. 
Yeah. But there are a lot of shows that have managed to carry on without their lead star. Game of Thrones is one of them. Mm-hmm. House of Cards managed it for about a season. There's a lot of shows out there. Homeland, we mentioned. Now, yeah. I never got through more than one series of Homeland, but we know Homeland is one. God, we're spoiling all of them now. But these Vikings, for me, you look back at the history, and it's the sons of Ragnar that yeah. had a massive impact on British history. It was very... In, it was very much in line with what we believed happened. We say we, the royal we. I I thought, yeah, you know, when it, I think the last series was probably one series too far. Same with Game of Thrones. Was it you that messaged me the other day and explained? Somebody was trying to explain, or the the seen a tweet of why the last series of Game of Thrones was so bad, right? Well, well, I I can I, listen. I can break it down for you. It's not a, it's not just the last season. Let, let me just tell you, so somebody said, right, imagine in the last series, Chewbacca kills the Emperor halfway through Return of the Jedi. Um, Leia kills a bunch of Ewoks for no reason. And you find out that Luke had absolutely nothing to do with the story throughout the whole thing. That's no. the equivalent of Game of Thrones, that, that final series. And I got see, it then. Yeah, I understood see, it. This is the problem with Game of Thrones, right? And this is the, it's the very broad spectrum of what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, Comac's going to be talking about Game of Thrones now. You've probably got about 15 minutes, so not, you can either no. skip forward or you can go put the kettle on, maybe have a game of chess. Um, you it's roast going to be chicken. Quick. It's going Whatever to be you need quick. to do, it's go and crack to... on with that. Comac's going to talk Game of Thrones. Just come back when you finish this your This is going to be thing. quick. This is going to be quick. After season four, George R. R. Martin stopped having anything to do with the TV show. At the start of the run of Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin told the showrunners everything up to the point that he had written and then he told them the ending of the tv show but didn't tell them how to get from where he had written to the end of the tv show simple as that now george r R. martin had a big push on to do a few different kind of books uh the story of ice and fire the targaryen stuff uh the world of ice and fire book uh he does a thing uh like wild cards books and things like that there he's also trying to write the last two books um the winds of winter and a song for spring for the song of ice and fire which is a game of thrones based on um and he is massively behind when you're talking that should have been out in 2012 so he's 11 years behind now um but he stopped working on the tv show from at the end of the fourth season and that is the reason why game of thrones ended up in a mess because the two showrunners yes they had talented writers but george r R. martin wasn't there to guide them from season four to the end because that's all he gave them to, to the last kind of book that he had written uh was a feast for crows and the end of the actual show itself or the book itself so the end of the book will be the same as the end of the show, but the destination from the end of the last book to the, the end of the, the last book will be completely different. And that's the problem. That's why I like Vikings. Um, <laughs> Fucker. Go on, what else have you got there? Um, what else have I popped up? Two seconds, I'm just... Completely so you watch lost. more TV shows than I do. See, I watch a lot of TV shows, but I I get sucked into a lot of older TV shows as well. So even this week, this week I've been starting to watch Deadwood, and I've never watched Deadwood. I never had any love for Deadwood. Never even Deadwood never wasn't even a thought in my head. And I watched the first episode, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, it's actually good." 
you know what? It always puts me off going to an old TV series that has only had like one or two series and then it got cancelled. So I just don't want to get invested in it. But see, that's the thing. That's the thing. Deadwood was never meant to be a long uh, thought out TV show anyway. So it was never, I think it was three seasons uh, that, that it was. And then they came out with a movie about four years ago. Um, but it was never meant to be a long running TV show. It's kind of like your father Ted's, your faulty tires. You know, they actually made a good decision to stop it while it was very, very popular and go out on a high. I mean, this is what you're getting to see you later by. Um, but I've watched, I've watched the first 11 episodes of the, the first season. And it is a very interesting TV show. It's nothing what I thought it was going to be. Let's put it like that. Um, I think, uh, what's his name? Lovejoy. Um, Lovejoy. What's his name? Ian McShane. Ian McShane uh, is brilliant in it. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is, is brilliant in it. Um, there are a few, obviously, actors who you know from 90s, early 2000s that are that are in the TV show as well. Um, but it's, it's a very interesting TV show. Very, very interesting TV show. What do you think of Black Mirror? Um... I enjoyed Black Mirror up until the point where Charlie Charlie Brooker knew it was really popular. Yeah, when it went to Netflix for me, it was when, about that time. Yeah, when he start when big stars started realizing that they could get you know onto Black Mirror, um, yeah. that's when it started to go downhill. It, it was good finding these unknown actors or very. Mm not very well-known actors who were coming in and the stories as well felt more even when they're on netflix i mean we can't forget that episode with miley cyrus where some fucking little dingbat robot got taken over and yeah. i don't know there were some episodes that are absolute genius absolute genius white christmas is a genius the one where the prime minister fucks a pig the, fu- the fucking, fucking the pig the uh the one Ever, where everyone remembers yeah it's where the, the girl where the girl had done the murder and she was reliving uh, they were, had her in like a TV show, and they kept wiping her mind. Yeah, yeah, hated in the nation. Yeah, that was. And I thought kept, that was phenomenal. Yeah, that, um, being followed around on a housing estate. USS Callister, I really enjoyed that. That was when it first came onto Netflix, I think, uh, yeah. when it was sort of the the start. The guy had the Star Trek people's yeah. DNA trapped in a Star Trek game or something like that. Um, look, there's lots of um, there's some great episodes on there there's some absolutely great episodes on there they've just come onto netflix and somebody at work said it's more more horror now much Mm -hmm. more darker than um i I used to love the sort of the moral questions that the episodes would bring up should you be able to you know block people in real life and have your eyes you know cause you not to be able to speak to people ever again um should there be surveillance what if a politician could become a uh, a cartoon could become a politician with right-wing views or something it was all these sort of things that could happen because of genuine technology and then just as they start moving on like i say the more money comes into them it's more fantastical and like you say charlie brooke has been more clever with what he's doing rather than just those that original series that would just felt real real down to earth and things that could realistically happen it's weird it's weird weirder twilight zone yeah but it started off more as social, uh, yeah. uh, social commentary. I'm got undertones yes. of social, social commentary. Com- yeah. But then it becomes, like you say, down bland plates. Uh, yeah. Um, but look, I, I enjoyed a lot of Black Mirror, like I say, when it first started. Maybe not so now, but uh, I'm going to give them a go anyway. What about Stranger Things? Yeah. Have I you watched it? Um, first two series. First two series were brilliant. 
Yeah, and then I watched the first episode of the one where they're in the mall. Yeah, the third season, yeah. And I stopped watching and I couldn't work out why. And then I watched Wonder Woman 84 and I worked out why. Because yeah. that's how everyone is remembers the 80s. Big hair and Sony Walkman and chewing gum and, and malls with yeah. neon signs and basically find, living in Vice City. I find it, it a lot more interesting as well. I find it a lot more interesting when it was like like uh, one horse town, America in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. down and dank yeah. and dirty America. You know, even like the even the theme tune and you know the opening credits of it when they were like kind of crackly. You know, like you're watching it yeah. on a tube TV. You know, that that it was really really interesting. And you know, it. I think it did. I hate to use this phrase again. It did kind of jump the shark a bit. You know, on on season three when it started to show you know monsters in the real world and stuff like that. Now season four was more interesting. Season four is more interesting. There were a lot of subplots that are really annoying, but the one thing, the one thing that I believe that Stranger Things uh, does really well, and that's introduce uh, characters for maybe one season that people really really like. And then they kill them off because you can choose any season of Game of, or, or of Stranger Things and there's a character in it that you really, really like and you really, really want to see something happen and they kill them. Barb okay. Barb was was season one. Um, I, th- I want to say Alexi was season two. Then Let's not go any further, shall we? Because I haven't seen season three, so maybe let's not go. Uh... Let's not go any further, shall we? Because I am planning on watching it. So maybe you, you know, fuck everybody else. They can skip. I can't skip through this conversation. So you can, so you can tell me that another time. But okay, you can tell me that, and I'll come back and say whether comedy. Let's have a quick chat about comedy from last few years. Mm. I've there's three in my mind, three TV shows. You mentioned Philadelphia. That's been going since sort of 2008 or something like that. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. You've said it perfectly. Season three to eight is sort of peak genius. And then I, I outside gen- of that. Yeah, I genuinely, I genuinely don't believe that there has been a a funnier uh, TV show, uh half hour TV show, uh, mm. uh, but bar maybe Simpsons that's ever been made. Community. Oh, sorry, sorry, Seinfeld, Seinfeld. Community is, is, I thought was brilliant. Yeah. First, first three series anyway. Of first Community three seasons, was, yeah. Was brilliant. Um, Parks and Recreation, Parks season and Recreation. two onwards, yeah. was up. But you know what? I can't get into the office. The American the one, cons- the American office. Yeah, I can't, I can't get, get into, into it. it. No, do you know? Do you know what? You know something that, that apparently it was going to be taken off on Netflix as well. Uh, Arrested Development, season one to three of Arrested Development. Yeah. And as like, soon as it gets on Netflix, yeah, 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 yeah. I I loved. I crushed Arrested Development in. One after the other, loved yeah, it. Yeah. And then I got onto the Netflix one and they made a joke about Michael Sarah suddenly being 20 years older or whatever. And I'm like, they're going, what? Like it's a continuation. Like meta, we, we, yeah. But we've suddenly got, what was her name? The sister who's played by, is it Portia de Rossi? De Rossi, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you've had 10 years worth of plastic surgery done in the last 15 minutes of storyline and she comes back she looks nothing like she did originally yeah. and it's too distracting and it's like why didn't you just carry this on 15 years later why are you trying to convince us and it's just not funny it just it was awful um the good place how, how much of the good place did you see i got season one and 
I, 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 I'm going to say something controversial. I don't like Kristen Bell. Uh, yeah, Jamila Jamil grates on me. Um, she, no, do you know what though? Jamila Jamil real life Jamila Jamil because you know she can be quite annoying, but I, she didn't annoy me in in the good place. It was more to do with Kristen Bell. See, I love Ted Danson. See, I, I loved it. Yeah, I loved Ted. I enjoyed it for him, but then it was kind of like it was sort of like this is the good place. No, this is, and then this is, and every season it was like so that's this and this is that, and you're like. And I just didn't get any further. What's the other one? Shit's Creek. I was just about to say Shit's Creek. Okay. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Cool. Say it. It was funny. I enjoyed it. Was it was funny. It was, it was very yeah. funny. And then the the guy opened up his his his, his gay shop. And yeah. the, the, it's not a gay the, shop. <laughs> Well, it, it felt it like sells it was. Gays. It, it felt like it was a rainbow shop. You know what I mean? But I was just like, nah, you're not. Right. I, I, no, I, I, I don't need that. this message again. I don't no. need this message. Uh, see, that's that's the one thing. No, that's the one thing that I actually enjoyed about Shit's Creek is because I I don't think it was trying to force a message down everybody's throats because. Mm. No, I don't think it did because I think it did it did something really well and it showed a, a, a relationship uh, between two men or an equal partnership or whatever you want to call it. It showed a relationship that was just normal. There was there was no you know flying the the the, the, the you know the 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 flag outside, you know any of that jazz. There was none of the there was none of the pushiness. There was none of thing. I think that it showed. It's the one show that I can only I can think of in my head that actually showed relationships as they should be, not mentioned just as a relationship. Modern Family. <laughs> that was close. Nah. Where they adopt a Vietnamese baby and bring her in. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I'm, I know after what I said earlier about trans people as well, I sound like a raging homophobe. And I think maybe da- I, maybe David I Rose, David Rose, David Rose, played by Dan Levy. I think David Rose is in my top ten TV show characters of cool. all time. I I, I, I <laughs> thoroughly thoroughly enjoy him. But you know what? But that brings me all of this popped into my head that anybody who's listening to this, if you haven't seen it, you are. You're a disgusting human being, and you have to go watch it. It's Toast of London. If you haven't, Toast of London. if you haven't Festival. seen the absolute majesty of Matt Berry and Arthur Matthews, uh, Toast of London, you need to stop what you're doing right now, yep. and you need to go watch it because it is quite simply one of the funniest 25, 20 minutes of TV that you'll ever watch. Quick word on animation. Mm-hmm. Two for me, Archer and Rick and Morty, both. I suggest I showed Archer to you once, didn't I? Yeah, you, didn't you, you, inter- and, you introduced and I me to Archer, yeah. Rick and Morty off what you told me, and yeah. I, and I watched Rick and Morty first, didn't get it, didn't buy it, and then suddenly it's like it, the next time I watch it, I'm just that just clicks. Absolute genius TV show. It is more than fat and drunk jokes and puerile comedy. It is one of the most intelligent TV shows I think there is around. See, I. I, I I, I loved, I think season season one to season three of Rick and Morty is as outstanding. I, I think there has been a bit of a dip. I think there has been a bit of a, yeah. we kind of know what we're doing now. So we're just going to, you know, point 
had everything. The same as Archer. You know, I absolutely adored Archer from season one to season six. You know, of Archer yeah. were phenomenal, and then they started getting you know into their own heads, and you know, Archer goes into a coma and he becomes like a detective in you know fifties LA, and it's like fifties oh. LA. Then there was the there was Pirate Island, and there was yeah. Something. Egyptians, something, yeah. It, it, I think they relied too much on the change in the trope every because the joke, you know, the joke was that somebody else, you know, these characters are in a different situation and it, it just wore thin very quickly. But when soon yeah. as they get back into the office, I loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, let's finish there. I mean, you've said your best TV show, your favorite TV show for me, one of the best TV shows of the last five years has got to be The Boys, yeah, on Amazon 100%. It is doing superhero um, TV shows as they should be done. Mm-hmm. Real world problems, real world solutions. I can see this is how, you know, if there was a shield in real life, they would have a PR department, they would have HR, they would have public relations. Yeah. And I love the concept of people with superpowers being cunts. Yeah. I, and, I genuinely, I genuinely don't understand how Anthony Starr, who obviously plays Homelander, I don't understand how he hasn't exploded because of his performance as Homelander. He is, by far and away, probably my favourite superhero in anything. Yeah. And and when I see all these conversations about how would Homelander take on Superman, no, not at all. Not at all, because Homelander is not Superman. He's yeah. based on him, but he's not that tough. He's he is a very weak character, not physically, but mentally. He's an absolute wreck of a person, and he is an absolute genius creation. But that's the, that's the brilliance. That's the brilliance of the boys, because you look at any of of you know the the superheroes, A Train, uh, the Deep, you know Queen Maeve. You know you look at any of them; they are all horrendous people. Like it doesn't matter what they are, they are absolutely horrendous people. And I love that dichotomy of them being so fucking horrendous, but still having that smile, that cheesy grin to the camera and people loving them. Like I love it. I love it. And that's what happens in, in real life. Yeah. You see the 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 people waving for the camera, but secretly the shitting in your bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you seen Banshee? that uh, Anthony Starr was in? I haven't. I've just clicked on it here. It uh, it looks quite interesting. Might give it a go. Um, So, yeah, there's sort of a rundown of TV shows. If you've been listening to us for the past three and a half years, you'll understand the kind of stuff we like and the kind of stuff we don't like. Yes, we haven't sat here and talked about True Blood, Gilmore Girls, or whatever the fuck else, uh, Sex in the City, because I don't watch it. Do you watch it? First season of True Blood was great. Everything else, madness. Okay, so it seems 50% of us have watched True Blood. <laughs> I watch an awful lot of TV. <laughs> um, right, quick chat about Spider-Man. So this is going to be spoiler-free. We're not going to be spoiling um, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, but you you went to see it last week. Went to see it last week. What do you think? Uh, number one, I don't hate starting on a negative. Bit long. Yeah, we're, we're talking two and a half hours for a kid's cartoon. Yeah, um, they, could, they, could, they could have shaved half an hour to 45 minutes off that movie. Like. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have said taking you know, a solid 20 minutes off and you've you've got something that's, you know... I, th- I thought the beauty of the first one was how it 
zip through the story. It, it was constant. The pacing was just constantly in your face. It was mm-hmm. everything was constantly moving and happening. There was a quiet moment for reflection, and then something else would happen, and it'd keep the story going. This I felt just lingered on those plot points a little bit too long. Yeah. Um, but 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 let let's not take away from the fact that it is an absolute masterpiece of a cartoon. Yeah, I would say it's it's up there in terms of. I, I can see where they're taking steps to yeah. be more visually stunning than the first. Mm-hmm. The first, I just think, is is incredible. The best animated film ever is the first one. This one comes very close to second. Yeah, it just there's a few moments lacking from it, but in terms of in spectacle, in terms of the story, the fact that this came out around the same time as the Flash, and this pisses all over the yeah. Flash but in st- how to do in in how to tell a multiverse story. Yeah, stylistically though, stylistically though, it is it is the best looking cartoon that I have ever seen in my entire life. And what I thought was really clever when you say that stylistically, in movies you get light motifs, which is the a sound associated with a particular person. So it might be a music cue, it might be um something rattling when somebody turns up or it might be, you know, a, a piece of music or a sound associated yeah. with a person and they'll play that to, to bring you back and link you up to that character when something happens. Case in point, Justice League, when Wonder Woman jumps into frame out of nowhere, the electric cello starts playing and that's, that's her motif yeah. that's playing. Um, this does it with the animation style. I noticed in particular whenever Gwen was talking with her dad um, and you saw the sort of blue pastels sort of merging in the background, yeah. it was almost like we don't need to see what's going on behind. We can just focus on the story that's happening. Um, but it, the, the, the crossovers, you need to, you don't need to be a massive Spider-Man fan to appreciate no. the no. nods to different universes um, and different versions of Spider-Man that have been around because they are so recognizable to, to everyone. Yeah. And I think it's just in everybody's culture now, isn't it? Whenever you, you know, you see the, whenever they flip through the, the 70s Spider-Man world uh, and you're like, Oh, I remember that. I remember the comics. I remember yeah. the, the old TV show. And then I can't remember the name of it. Is it Mumbai Hatton when they go into like the, the yeah, Indi- yeah, Mumbai Hatton. Indian, yeah. you know, version of New York. And then we meet yep. like Indian Spider-Man. I just thought that that was outstanding. And then you get to see, you know, a, a, a British spider punk, you know, played by Daniel Kaluuya. And the actual, the animation of the spider punk, you know, it's just always shifting out. It's like paper, you know, it's like yeah, change yeah. in paper. And yeah. all I'm thinking about is like, it's like the front of like sex pistols, never mind the bollocks. And it's like not the colors, but it's just the different kind of paper thing. And it's always that kind of thing. It's always represent represented of like the punk era. And it's just, it's just, it's so beautiful. It's so, it, it is a great fucking movie, you know, and this, the, the best thing that I will say about it as well is that when it was coming up to, you know, two hours, 10 minutes, I realized that, you know, this might not get wrapped up tonight. This, this might not get wrapped up. Well, they announced it, first of all, that it was a two-part film. Yeah. Um, the announced I didn't Beyond the know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they've announced... Now, whereas Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 has just come out in the cinema and it comes up at the beginning saying, this is Part 1, um, my mate that I went with wasn't aware that it was Part 1 of 2. Yeah, neither was um, I. And, it, and, yeah, it came out feeling almost short-changed that it had ended so yeah. quickly. Yeah, same here. Now, now, now that's what I'm saying. It was long, but I did feel short-changed. <laughs> now... I will. I am getting excited about seeing another. Yeah. In terms of where the story goes, 
I think we've seen that before mm-hmm. in other films. Um, I'm still excited to see what they've got to, to, to develop, to deliver. Yeah. Rather than seeing where the story goes, I'm excited just for seeing another film yeah. uh, from this. And Lord and Miller need to keep um, producing. They, need to, they because... need to keep their hand. They need to keep their hands on that movie. Yeah. They need. They need to keep. Or sorry, that that uh, that franchise. They need to keep their hands on that because what they're doing is good. And let's just not spoil it. Yeah. Um. So there we go. Uh, next week we. What are we doing next week? Should do it Devil's Advocate. <laughs> what have we got coming out? Uh, I well, don't know. We'll think. If somewhere. we get if we get ourselves together, we could do an Indiana Jones menu. Well, the quiz next week. Uh oh, Indiana Jones menu. Two. So we could mm. do. Let's just do Indy. Let's talk Indy next week. We'll okay. be seeing it by then. Yeah, yeah. I'll see well, it. it's not next week. Cause I'm at a wedding next week. I was trying not so... to say that. That's why I went two weeks. Two weeks. Two, two weeks, weeks. Two weeks. weeks. So, yeah, you're not going to get anything. You've just had a Flash episode, don't be so greedy. And then there's going to be a quiz, then there's going to be this. So by the time we've done that, we should have seen Indy. But by then, I'll have seen, hopefully, Oppenheimer. I'm seeing Indy. I'm seeing Oppenheimer. I'm seeing The Meg 2. And I'm seeing Mission <laughs> Impossible. Yeah, I'm going for the full quad. God almighty. Uh, of, you're really getting your, your $9.99 a month. <laughs> I'm getting me nine. I'm getting my money's worth for this. Um, anything from you, Mom? Big man. No, no, you're all right. Oh, thanks. Are you doing the? Do you want to do the quiz next week and quiz me? You know, do you, the want, oh, do you want me? Do you want me to do the quiz? Yeah, you know the yeah, format. No problem. No problem. So five no problem. questions on TV. Oh, I one hundred percent. Five general knowledge questions. One hundred percent. Take five. One hundred percent. Right. So you're going to ask me the questions. I'll week. do the quiz. The thing. Right. Okay. The dung. <laughs> <Netflix>. <laughs> dong. Dong. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. See ya.